just take a moment or two to imagine what could be on the other side of your quality decision about something. Could it be the next level in your career or business or that venture that you're questing after? A beautiful marriage and family, an education that will create lifetime value, new levels of energy and wellness, that cause, that mission, that quest that you're after, relationships that mean everything. You know, it's proven through research that people on their deathbed, the number one value that they're concerned about at that time as they look back over their life is relationships. There is such potential, though, in making a strong quality decision. And my question for you and for me is life asking you to make a decision about something? What do you need to commit to? Welcome. This is Brian Del Turco, Jesus Smart, the podcast. I appreciate you connecting with me today. This is episode 142. Make a strong decision, then commit and go bold. Here's something to think about. You know, maybe we just need to get in a coffee shop with our beverage of choice and just spend a little bit of time thinking about our own lives, maybe getting on a water line or in the woods, whatever brings you energy and reflection. But here's here's the question. Could there be a clear connection between our decisiveness about something and power from above showing up? Could there be a clear connection between our decision, between our commitments, and power from above ourselves coming to us? Let me tell you about a Scottish mountaineer by the name of William Hutchinson Murray. He was also a writer, and he was one of a group of active mountain climbers before, mostly before World War II and a little bit after. He spent three years in prisoner of war camps in World War II in Italy, Germany, and Czechoslovakia. And while imprisoned, Murray wrote a book titled Mountaineering in Scotland. And the first draft of his work was written on the only paper available to him as a prisoner of war. It was rough toilet paper. And the manuscript was found and destroyed by the German Gestapo. And his fellow prisoners could not believe his response to this. He started again. And despite the risk of its loss and even his physical condition, which was so poor from a, um, a near star- starvation diet, he believed he would never climb again. But his work was finally published after the war. I'm sharing this with you because I just want you to get a glimpse of his toughness, his resolve, his determination. His autobiography, The Evidence of Things Not Seen, was completed after his death by his wife, Anne. And of course, it's a reference to Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, he wrote another book that was published a few years after World War II called The Scottish Himalayan Expedition in 1951. And I'll drop a link to this book on the show notes page for this episode. Can I read a paragraph from this book by William Hutchinson Murray? He writes, This may sound too simple, but is great in consequence. Until one is committed, 
there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to. All sorts of things, he writes, occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance. Isn't this good? He writes, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. I learned a deep respect for one of Gothe's couplets, whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. I'm talking about living a life of beauty, power, and significance. And he writes that boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And do you see what he's saying there? Again, the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves to all sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. It's always been about a partnership. And if we are going to be Jesus smart, and I like to say there's smart and there's Jesus smart, and Jesus delights in taking people that the world thinks are not so smart. But when they become Jesus smart, it's a whole nother dimension, right? If we're going to be Jesus smart, we have to understand that it's always been from Eden onward about a partnership between God and woman, God and man, between heaven and earth, and that when we come back into connection with God through Christ, and we take his yoke upon us and learn from him. And he says, pull with me now, partner with me. My load is light. My load is easy. There's a genius to it. There's a boldness to it. And we start partnering with God. And when we make a decision, when we make a commitment, hear that sound effect there? (laughs) Heaven responds. The moment we definitely commit ourselves, providence moves So I have a few thoughts for you about this. First, let me talk to you about the word decide. When we trace it back to its Latin meaning, its Latin word, which means to determine, it's a compound word, which means off and cut. And isn't that true? That when you make a quality decision, you make a cut, you make an incision, if you will, and you cut yourself off from things that aren't worthy of you, inferior to you, things that are not aligned with your best, higher design for your life, so that you can now be attached to, you can now be reorientated to, you can now position yourself for something new, something better, something higher, when you make that decision. And there's a set of verses in Proverbs chapter 4. You may recognize this. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it, from the heart, flow the springs of life 
or the issues of life. Let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Make decisions, make commitments, be resolved, stay focused. And verse 26 says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. And I just believe that what the world needs, what Jesus wants, what he's looking for as he unfolds his grand meta-narrative and he looks at your life story, over the arc of your life story, you have seasons and you also have assignments within seasons that make up your life story. He's looking for you to make decisions. He never created robots, automatons, machines, programmatic. We are free will beings that he invites us into a reconnection, into a a love relationship with him, a friendship, a partnership. And he's placed within you the capacity, even by instinct and intuition and just how you're built to make decisions, which he then responds to in his providence. Many things are waiting to happen because he's waiting for us to make a decision on it. So here's a few thoughts that I'm thinking about related to this. Five thoughts. Number one, intensify your desire to experience the complete story of your life, right? I mean, we all want the best music of our life to play. You have a life story made up of seasons and drilling down a little bit deeper in those seasons are assignments and ventures and initiatives, but intensify your desire, your passion. Sometimes Jesus would look on someone who it was obvious what their top shelf need was, but he was ask, He would ask them, what do you want? He wants us to get in touch with our passion, our desire, and to articulate what we want. Intensify your desire. Number two, invest time in meditation. Why do I say this? Well, let everything and everyone quiet down, please. And when you write, I'm a big advocate of journaling. Please take up your pen. Writing grounds you. Begin to write down some things that are important to you. As you do this, you get more grounded and you connect with your authentic self as you're looking at horizons and as you move forward. There's so much noise. One of the top life skills in life we could have in our time is dampening down the noise and amplifying the signal. It's that signal-to-noise ratio. All of the chatter and clatter and distraction, dialing it down and amplifying the true signal of our life up to an 11. Meditation is a key part along with writing. So intensify your desire, invest time in meditation and writing. Number three, make quality decisions with conviction and confidence. Look, if you're going to make a mistake, don't make it slow, make it quick, right? If you're going to test something out, if you're going to miss the mark, miss it quick and get back on track. If there's a mistake, correct it. If you need to get back in alignment, just reorientate and get back in alignment. But don't continue hesitating. Here's a little bit of calculus for you. Simple. Inertia equals misery. 
<laughs> Inertia equals misery. You are meant to move. Paul quoted a secular poet in the book of Acts, and he infused it with kingdom meaning. And he says, in him we live and we move and we have our being that is in Christ. Inertia equals misery. Make quality decisions with conviction and confidence. I was thinking about this podcast this morning as I was having my own time in the Word and in prayer, and I thought there is power in saying no. Many times when you make a decision, you are saying no to something so that you can position yourself to say yes to something higher, something better. And I thought of a young lady, just as an example, we could apply this in myriads of ways to both men and women, young and old, children as well. But let's just think about a young lady. And she realizes by intuition and by instinct, she knows that she has to say no to him. The relationship is just not in her future. If she will say no, she will position herself for a set of dominoes to go into motion for a better yes at some point. You see what I mean? Remember, the Latin root meaning of decide means to cut off. We cut ourselves off from things that are not in alignment with the higher design for our life so that we can become attached to and bond to those elements as they come to us, that DNA, that higher design of our life story in Christ, making quality decisions with conviction and confidence. You think about that mountaineer that we quoted, and he said, once you get rid of the hesitancy and make the decision, and you can imagine him on a mountain, some ridge he has to traverse or some pathway he has to cut going, he has to make a decision. And as he does it, providence moves to assist him. Number four, wax strong in your commitment. See, once we make a decision, continuously increase your commitment to it. We don't, think, we don't think this way all the time. We just think, oh, yes, I made a decision, and then somehow our commitment to it fades or distractions come. But if we will continuously increase our commitment to that decision, it will attract good things to our life. And here's a question. Could it be, could it be that God proportionately commits himself to us as we commit to decisions we make that are fitting in with his, his story for us? Could it be that he proportionately commits himself to us with, with relationships, with contacts, with provision, with doors, with opportunities, with new edges, new horizons? He proportionately commits himself to us as we increase our commitment to that decision. All right, so intensifying our desire, investing time in meditation and writing to ground us, making quality decisions with conviction and confidence, and the fourth one we just mentioned, waxing strong in our commitment, not waning, waxing. And finally, number five, you can be meek, which means harnessed strength. You can be meek and bold at the same time, all right? I heard about a sermon that Jonathan Edwards from the First Great Awakening in America preached, like 1730s, 1740s, First Great Awakening in America. It was called 
the excellent diversities of Christ. And he is infinite and we are finite. And it's hard for us to understand this about Christ. But Christ can be filled both infinitely with grace and with the wrath of the Lord. Or, or, or justice, I should say. Grace and justice. He could be filled with grace, but he could also make a whip overnight and come into the temple and clear it out because they were way off track, right? Christ is both infinitely bold and meek. It's said of Moses that he was the meekest person on the earth at the time. So you can be, as we become Christ-like, we can be meek and bold at the same time. And there's many other ways that we can express the excellencies of Christ as we are conformed to his image as well. What appears to be contrasting, and yet it's, it's not, it's both. And if we're not bold, here's what happens. We recede into everything and everyone else. Okay. I wrote this some time ago, but listen, I just, you know, it's so, it's so true. If we're not bold, we just get subsumed and recede into everything and everyone else. There's little definition in our lives. We have to live in bold relief. Whatever season you're in right now, you have to live in bold relief against the backdrop of that season. And the seasons of your life will make up the life story of your life. And then, you know, one day you'll be able to say with Paul, I have finished my course. I have run my race. I am ready. One day you will stand before the Bema seat of Jesus Christ and be appraised for the life that you have lived. Pull it back. Pull it back into those current assignments and initiatives you feel the Lord has you on. Pull it back into the current season that you're in, realizing that you're building a series of seasons over the course of your life, which will make up your life story, and you will give an account for all of it before Jesus, and you will be rewarded for all of it before Jesus, right? So you can be meek and bold at the same time. So there they are. Five thoughts. I'm sure we could come up with dozens more. I would love to sit in a coffee house with you over coffee and for us to be in a small group and to make have a great dialogue and conversation about, about ideas related to making quality decisions and moving forward in boldness. So intensify your desire. Invest in meditation and writing. Make decisions with conviction and confidence. Wax strong in your commitments and then realize that you can be meek and bold. Be bold. Live in bold relief against the backdrop of the current season that you're in and keep doing that in life. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Here's what it means in the Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew expert, but here's three key words in the Hebrew. In all of your ways, that means in all of your modes of activity, all of your pathways, even career. Career means like pathway. And by the way, you have a kingdom career as well as what you think your career is. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. It means to know the Lord by direct intimate contact. And he, he then, thirdly, will smooth out. He will direct and smooth out and straighten your paths. As we know the Lord in this way, as we acknowledge him, he then, I believe, is going to look to us. He looks at us with a smile on his face, and he's thinking something maybe like this. I know how I've built her. I know how I've designed her. 
I've placed desires and instincts and intuition in her. I'm looking for her now to feel the wind of my spirit and to make some decisions. And as she does that, as she commits, I'm moving on her. I'm coming in with doors, opportunities, provision, all that she needs for those decisions. In James 1, it says that we are to ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded, unstable. See, double-mindedness creates instability. So converse with the Lord, like in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. Converse with the Lord. Ask Him. Converse with Him. Let Him coach you and mentor you up. But get rid of doubt. Get rid of this sense that I'm driven around by waves of the sea and um, that double-mindedness. We will not receive from the Lord. We will not receive our life that He has for us, our best life from the Lord with double-mindedness. So, so what strong decision do you need to make right now? What set of decisions do you need to make right now? I don't know. Maybe you need to take time, get some index cards, get a big table, get on the floor, go to a picnic table at a park, begin to write down what comes to your mind about strong decisions you need to make and just lay it out. Stand up and look at it. Pray over it. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Maybe prioritize some decisions. Some of these are smaller things that I need to decide that I can do right now. Build momentum. Build momentum in quality decision-making and confidently, confidently move forward. You are counting on it. Others around you are counting on it. It's a ripple effect. The Lord is counting on it. You're not a machine. You're not a robot. You're not a CPU. You're not a computer chip. You're not programmed. It's an organic, living, vital connection between you and Jesus. He's looking to you to decide some things. And he knows how he has built you. He knows what he has put in you. Some of these um, are just going to feel like you're making it. Yes, you're making it. It's who you are. It's who he's created you to be. And as you do it, he comes right alongside of you and empowers you. Well, for resources and links to this episode, go to the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash decide. To learn more about the podcast, go to jesussmart.com. Hey, would you share this with one or two of your friends? Is there anybody in your world that needs to make some quality decisions? (laughs) Are you kidding? Share this with one or two of your friends. Maybe this would inspire them. Maybe, Maybe something said here will just give them that slight impetus they need, will trigger in them momentum. They'll get away from that inertia equals misery calculus. Let's do some higher kingdom math movement equals joy and passion, right? In him we live and move and have our being. Hey, Jesus is brilliant. He knows how life works best. I appreciate you hanging with me today. See you next time.